0: You're listening to the Soundgirls Podcast with Susan, Becky, and guest hosting Daria today.
1: This episode features an interview with Jess Jacobs. As a musician, mix engineer, and music technologist, Jess Jacobs is a Los Angeles-based creative with a massive range of skills and experience to manage and team up with other artists looking to boost their production to the next level. Jess is often at the forefront of the latest technology, such as live stream production, MIDI, OSC, Ableton, CliffX programming, and integrated lighting and video technology with music performances. Jess has worked with a wide range of artists, such as Pussy Riot, Elohim, LMA, Imogen Heap, The Glitch Mob, and Lizzo. With training from the New England Conservatory of Music, the music technology program at New York University, and courses at Berkeley, she continues to innovate and experiment with the latest technology. She regularly partners with modern music programs and vendors such as Ableton, IO Music, Academy, Electronic Creatives, Transmute Accelerator, and more. As an artist, Jess Jacobs is gifted vocally and also a multi-instrumentalist. Playing guitar, bass, horns, drums, and innovates unique beats and arrangements. She is a solo artist and is also part of the LA-based band Modern Panic and Boston-based band Band Without Hands. She also composes for podcast soundtracks and produces several podcasts in their entirety. Welcome, Jess. What a mouthful of awesome credentials. Welcome, Jess. <laughs> hey there.
0: I know, I feel completely inferior now. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh,
1: yeah, busy person, huh?
0: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Jess, uh, as as a kid, were you always interested in music? Is that kind of how it all started for you? Or is there, like, what's the story behind all this? Yeah, it's
2: definitely how it all started. Um, I was, so I started playing uh, what, it was piano first. Um, didn't stick with it long enough. Kind of wish that I had. I ended up switching over to guitar and um, trumpet and then French horn kind of moving through a bunch of things and picking up other things on the way. Um, I was lucky enough to have parents that had friends who um, one of them had a studio in his house. So I was able to like rock out on Kurzweil's and like, you know, have my first like wah pedal experience, you know, super young.
0: Um, (laughs) And that just like completely got me into it. I loved it from the start. Very cool. How'd you get into doing uh, like electronic stuff and all that? You just kind of fell into it from the whole music side of things?
2: Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I started using computers at a, a pretty young age. Um, and because of that, I was able to start experimenting with things like downloading. I remember downloading like the very, very first Fruity Loops, which is not the fancy one that there is now at all. It literally was like a 16 step sequencer with I think four tracks. So you got, you got like the most minimal 909 or 808 you've ever had. Um, I started there. Um, I learned digital performer from a friend, um, way back. That was like my first, first DAW and, um, just kind of took it from there, finding soft synths and anything I could that, you know, wasn't prohibitively expensive, like hardware stuff was for, you know, a kid, like I didn't have any money. Um, and continue marching on. Um, my parents also listened to a lot of electronic music. Uh, I grew up with like okay. a ton of Depeche Mode and Gary Newman and stuff like that. So nice. it was just, it was like in the blood. It was
0: it was already there for me. All I had to do was mess around and find my own voice. So uh, you went to college for that type of stuff or more music related?
2: Yeah, I did. Um, like NYU's music tech program is pretty cool. Um, it gives you kind of a, a nice slice up of like music theory, um, some performance, also like audio engineering stuff. The, the stuff that they do for audio engineering isn't super advanced. So I was kind of already past that point, but it was nice, you know, to see a college offering a course um, yeah, in audio basics and in MIDI basics, you know, like that was
0: something that no one was really doing. Um, so that was really cool. Yeah. I hated my MIDI class in college. I, didn't even, <laughs> I was like, I don't think we're ever going to need this in live sound. I mean, I literally told, I literally told my instructor that like I would wear my, my uh, t-shirt had like a giant metal finger on it. Like every time I went to that class (laughs) and I was, that's how, yeah, I totally did. And he was, he actually was like, why do you wear that t-shirt every time? I'm like, that's how I feel about MIDI and live sound. I don't think we're ever going to need it. And then, um, 10 years later I found him and emailed him and apologized. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, maybe you should have paid a little bit more attention in that class. (laughs) After drum triggers and then everything else, you know, (laughs) tracks started evolving more and more. And I was like, oh, shit, I don't know what I'm doing. (laughs) And I'm like, yep, yep, there we go. Nice. Nice. So, Jess, how did you find your way uh, into our industry or like into the business? You just kept going from there, I'm assuming, out of college. And did you start band first or...
2: Um, I mean I, I always had bands on the side and I've always had bands on the side um, and sometimes they've been the main focus uh, too but mm-hmm. yeah when I was in Boston um, you know I had always done live sound for like small um, I was in a cover band for a while so I would always do like our sound stuff like that it was always very familiar to me but I hadn't worked like at a club yet per se. And mm-hmm. my friend um, JJ Gonson owned a venue called Once in um, Somerville, Mass. And I was living in Boston at the time. And she had an artist coming through who was female. Um, and that artist happened to be Madame Gandhi, who I still work with off and on to nice. this day. And she specifically requested a female engineer there aren't too many, uh, live female engineers in Boston and JJ knew that, you know, I've been doing sound for, um, girls rock camp, uh, just a few weeks before she asked me if I wanted the gig. I was terrified. And I said, yes.
1: (laughs) Nice. (laughs) Um, And then,
2: uh, Kieran who's Madam Gandhi. Just, you know, she, we had a great time working together. And so she brought me along for the rest of her East coast leg. And then it's just kinda, I just kept saying yes ever since really.
0: That's the key right just say yes no matter what yeah yeah hell yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) right so uh fast forward a little bit for us what where did you go from
2: there i moved out to la which was it was interesting uh it was kind of already in the works you know so i ended up doing that and then once i was out there i was able to network a lot and um, you know, very thankful to have found SoundGirls Girls and, and meet a ton of people through there. Uh, I started doing like filling gigs for people, if somebody else was on another tour and they had an artist they usually worked with, um, pick up that kind of gig. And then basically, I think I got linked up with Elohim as my first like artist that I was predominant, like just like her front of house and her synth tech and playback tech. And we went on tour for the better part of a year. And that was super awesome. Um and then I just kept picking up more clients.
0: It was great. What's your main playback engine or what do you use for playback for most of these things? Is it Pro Tools or you? I use Ableton. Um, the reason, okay. you know,
2: I'm happy to use whatever, whatever the client wants, honestly. Um, if it's my choice and I'm helping somebody build a rig, I use Ableton only because the MIDI, midi like osc and via max like any other input output in the world is so much more sophisticated and easy so it's easier to help that person if they're so inclined expand their rigs that they have more playable elements um on stage rather than just having playback some people just want playback if they want that totally cool pro tools logic no problem um but yeah if it's if it's up to me and we're trying to do something challenging and badass then yeah definitely ableton
1: I never learned Ableton properly. I, I've had to use it a few times for playback, and uh, it, it was like a struggle. It's so different from the stuff that, I, that I've that i used. I don't know if it's better now, but because this, this was like a decade ago, but I had a rough time.
2: It's very different just because the um, format is not as intuitive because you do have that timeline that you can use, you know, but then you also have the session view, and then there's so much packed into it that the learning curve is
0: definitely high. I. I well, that makes me that. feel a little yeah. better <laughs> <laughs> you're not alone yeah i just dove into ableton probably like two years ago and now i use it every week f- to play back tracks and stuff we play back all of our tracks on ableton um and then like the house of worship that i've been helping out during the pandemic they also use tracks on ableton and so we ju- we just got them to fire it from stage so i don't have to do it back in the booth while i'm trying to mix too and i was like yes <laughs> So we got a little controller and the keyboard player is all losing her mind now. So that's fun.
1: It's good to be diverse, <laughs> but you definitely get comfortable at a place.
2: Oh, 100%. Yeah. And my friends all struggle the opposite way. <laughs> like somebody I collaborate with all the time musically. he's He's been Logic for, you know, a decade. I've been Ableton for longer than a decade. And I try to do things in Logic.
0: Like, Where is this? And he tries to do things in Ableton. He's like, why does it do this? <laughs> So, as a playback tech for bands and different people on stage, do you are you up on the stage with the band, or are you off to the side, back behind everything, or at front of house? Like, where do you set up your world? It entirely
2: depends um, on the artist. So, uh, I've done anything from, let's say, like for um, for Elohim, she has her whole rig on stage. Just so that if anything goes wrong, she's able to hit a panic button and switch over to the B rig and everything like that herself. Um, that's just her comfort. So but I have to start the show because she starts the show off stage. So I actually run MIDI over XLR all the way out to front of house because I'm her front of house. So I have a controller out there and I I punch the thing to start it, and I can stop it if I want for sound check reasons, but um Obviously, he never stops the show, so
1: <laughs> so that's one situation.
2: Um, for LMA, the um, the MD, who's also the bassist, who's on stage, obviously was controlling playback, but I had to go set everything up and like have the redundant rig at my command in case I could tell anything was going on because he wouldn't have time to switch it over. So that was challenging. We did have one instance where it was very problematic that it was on stage and it was like very <laughs> obvious that something was wrong. <laughs> but that's why we were all black, right? Um, right. <laughs> and uh, then sometimes it's like
0: a more traditional thing where I'm I'm off to the side of the stage or I'm running playback just from front of house. That was going to be my next question I'm going to ask anyway. Uh, yeah. What's the worst experience like with that? Because playback could be sheer hell, I think, <laughs> more okay. so than a live instrument. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Well, because, you know, it's it's just a system. And once the system gets tripped up, like it can't recover itself. Um, okay. The worst experience with that. I won't tell you who it was with um, <laughs> because I don't know if they would want me to. But there was a situation where what happened? Um, Okay, so Playback Rig was not with me at my... I was also a monitor engineer, so it was not with me. There was an edit made to Playback material, maybe 45 minutes before we were going on, which is usually a big, big, big no-no in my book. And after this, I enforced that very, very strongly with this group. Um, A guest artist came in and they said you know they're not going to perform unless they have their um their vocal double in there or something like that so begrudgingly they had to the md threw it in there but in so doing unfortunately some drum tracks came out and so we all kind of instantly knew it when we were playing the first song oh no (laughs) yeah and that resulted in panic um and the the MD tried to recover, and in so doing, we were using a um, a play audio the iConnectivity device that has the automatic A B failover, mm-hmm. which is great, except when you specifically reload a file and that pilot tone stops, so it switched over to the B rig which still had the old file and was now out of sync with where we were and was not responding. <laughs> oh, so like the next song started and it's the wrong song and like it's halfway through the set. It was a total, total nightmare. A total train wreck. <laughs> yeah, like we, we we legit had to take an intermission and I had to run on stage and figure out what was going on, like sorted it quickly oh, no. thankfully, but yeah, everybody was very uncomfortable.
0: Wow. Yeah, not a small venue either. <laughs> I can imagine that, that things like that are, you know, like in your mind space when that happens, like everybody's panicking. So someone has to remain calm yeah. and, and get the job done. So, how do you handle that at that moment? If that's, I mean, that's your job, right? So, it's <laughs> mm-hmm. how do you, with everyone screaming and yelling and freaking out, what's your solution? to to handling all the people while you're trying to fix everything. <laughs> I'm glad you said people because frequently
2: people come first in that equation, right? So when that was happening, I had the artist manager, you know, freaking out next to me. I had the tour manager asking me, what are we going to do? What song are we going to play during intermission? Because we already have an intermission. So I'm just going through in priority order, getting everything ready before the song stopped, and I knew we were going to take a break, and then also talking to the artist and just being very calm, very you know communicative, not overly so, just you know, hey, there's a problem, and we're going to take an intermission now, and we're going to fix it. Um, having built up trust with everybody beforehand is huge, so that when this situation arises, because it's not really an if, you already have that that credit to dip into with them. So, having that as first and foremost. Second, I always took the time between line check and actually starting the show to literally stand there and meditate and re- get as even keeled as possible. So, just putting out good vibes, like deep breaths for myself, just getting getting the ship like really steady because, you know, more more than often or more often than not, something can happen whether it's a foot switch breaking or something as big as that playback issue or losing power to the PA and not knowing it, like, you know, (laughs) just all all manner of things can happen. So really just like finding whatever it is that gets me or whomever to be um, calm and even keeled before the first note is critical. Like go rushing into a performance with your adrenaline just all over the place is the easiest way to make recovery from a problem difficult.
0: Awesome. What's one of the best
2: show experiences you've had? Best show experiences. Um, Thankfully, a lot of them. (laughs) Um, I had a blast and and festivals like aren't usually my favorite thing um, because it can be a very rushed and hectic atmosphere and you don't, you know, you have to bring pieces together five minutes before the first note and it can be very stressful. But I really liked mixing um, Elohim at Bonnaroo. That was super duper fun. The PA was tuned like just amazingly because I had very little time to sound check earlier. So I was thankful that somebody had done such a great job. Um, Everything came on stage, looked great. The crowd was just electric, even though I think it was a Sunday, but they were on point. Everyone was having a great time. Like I was able to just make it sound so good, you know, so I was having a good time. You could tell the artist was having a good time. I think those are the best shows.
1: Are you doing Bonnaroo again? This year? I am. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. If it happens, I am. So the newly just announced one, I was just gonna say that, yeah. That, that yep. it, it, <laughs> yeah. Very cool, yay for a job. Yay for jobs. Yay, yay for, for festivals jobs. coming back.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> for real.
1: When is it this year?
2: I wanna say September 2nd through 5th or something like that. Cool. Yeah.
1: So Dario is asking, what is Bonnaroo?
2: Bonaroo is, I think it's one of the the longer running festivals, if I'm not mistaken, um, in the U S. Happens in Tennessee uh, in this pretty remote area. It's, um, I think it kind of started as more of a jam bandy thing. I could be wrong, but I think I think that's right. And I feel like it also might have something to do with the string cheese incident. I think they have a hand in it. So it's kind of a unique festival in that they like to um, do this thing called a it's called like a super jam or a mega jam something like that on the saturday of the festival where one band leads it um, which is a band i'll be working with this year which is sylvanessa which i'm stoked about and tons of other artists who play throughout the weekend come and just make music with them so they might play some of their songs and other people hop in or it could be like a totally new creation it's a really cool thing. Um, I think that's pretty much the only time that happens that weekend. It's pretty late at night too. But yeah, it's a it's a pretty varied festival. It's not you know, it's not geared towards just one genre of music and I've seen it move, you know, it move the needle like all over throughout the years, which is really cool.
1: Is that one of the ones where like people go camping and stuff on in the yeah. area? Okay. Yeah, that's one of the
0: things I like about it is it's all over the board, man. so yeah. you can pick and choose like whoever you like. Uh, all couple yeah. days, four days? Is it yeah. three or four days?
2: Yeah, it's it's awesome in terms of variety. Just like I I probably won't get to see them unfortunately because I'll be at rehearsal the night before. But like the tones are playing the night before, and then you know like Sylvanessa will play the next night, and Lizzo. It's like you couldn't you couldn't be farther apart on the musical scale than that. You know? <laughs> but there it is. It's
0: really cool. Um. So are there protocols already in place? Do you know of anything like that? Or you just, you just got the call for the gig and you're like, yeah, let's go. You don't know how any of that's going to work yet, I assume.
2: No idea. Yeah. I mean, I, I was supposed to go out with, um, with Sylvan last year and we were supposed to do Bonnaroo last year and all this stuff. So we've just been in a holding pattern, you know? Um, I am very curious what's going to happen. I don't think anybody knows yet. I know, that everybody on the team is trying to get vaccinated. Um I actually just had my second dose two days ago and um beware. <laughs> it can be painful. Um,
0: you know.
1: Yeah, my second one kinda knocked me out for about two days. Yeah. I was like, just trash. Yeah,
0: absolute trash just yesterday. Trash. My second um, one's coming up, so I'm I'm bracing myself.
2: Yeah. Have have <laughs> lots of
0: uh have have lots
2: of oh, stuff yeah. to heat up <laughs> so you don't have to cook is my recommendation. <laughs> Good call. I laid in bed
1: for, like, a whole day, which is not yeah. normal for me at all. Yeah,
2: I was close to that yesterday. I think I made it out for, like, half the day maybe, but it was still on the couch. So, like, did I really get out of bed? Wow. <laughs> um, but yes.
1: <laughs> I think it's completely random because my fiancé didn't have any. He was completely fine. And we had the exact same thing and we're the exact same age. So I uh, I think it just depends on how your body reacts to things. And mine was just like, mm. we're going to just lay here. For like a day and a half.
2: Yeah, me too. I've also heard, it, it seems, and it could just be my, you know, sampling bias. I don't know, but most of the people that I've talked to, because I've asked people, you know, if they had, because I, I had Moderna. and so I'm like, who, who had Moderna? You know, and what were your reactions? Because I was definitely like mildly terrified of it ahead of time. Um, and it mm-hmm. seems to skew more towards females that have um, pretty severe symptoms. A lot of the men that I know have been like, oh, it was fun. Thought that was interesting. Well.
0: Yeah. Well then. <laughs> it's great. So uh, you th- are you guys planning on going back out uh, after Bonnaroo? Or do you know yet? Or are you just kind of planning by ear?
2: That's the plan. We're basically proceeding as though everything that's planned will happen cool and they've you know they've been really responsible so i know if it's not right they'll they'll pull the plug on things um they've they've actually been like super great this whole time really supportive and helping out the crew um but yeah awesome nick and i are doing like a, a big synth prep like we're doing the first overhaul of their whole playback and synth, like mod synth, uh, rig ever. Cause he's like, yeah, it was just a ball of duct tape. Cause the bus was always running. So <laughs> <laughs> never had the chance to rip it apart. So I'm super stoked for that. Um, so yeah, we'll do that. And hopefully we get
0: to use it this year, you know? And if not, yeah. then better luck to 2022. Yeah. What, what have you been doing during your, all your downtime here, all the pandemicness ness <laughs> <laughs> hustling, Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you
2: know, as I'm sure most of us have been. Um, I've been doing mixing and mastering for people, which I had done before I started ge- like gearing more towards live sound, but being on the road made that a little bit more difficult to be mm. able to do. So I was just focused on live for a while, but I picked up a bunch of mixing and mastering and that's been super fun um, just to be able to come back and instead of having to mix super fast all the time and be able to listen to the same section you know 10 times and fine tune it it's like wow this is really special how cool um so i've been doing that i've been doing podcast production i've done some composition for that like stingers for people and uh, music intros yeah and then i mix another uh podcast like the whole thing and soundtrack it and then now i'm producing and writing a podcast and also narrating it and that has been way more of a challenge than I thought it would be <laughs> like writing stories and segments so I was like oh this seems easy it's not um yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah. and uh I've that's also why been our doing... podcast
1: is just uh having you guys talk about yourselves yeah
2: I know I've been trying to get interview <laughs> guests so I'm like oh, this might make it easier um but I, but I can't. can't yet um and I've been doing a lot of software engineering which is something I've always done on the side oh. so yeah, I've gotten back into sort of regrettably back into JavaScript land and not regrettably uh, deeper into DevOps and cloud architecture and stuff like that.
0: Wow. My brain can't handle that. No, at <laughs> not, all. Not much. <laughs> I
2: just <laughs> threw a bunch of pots on the stove to see like what was gonna boil and then a bunch of them did. And like, okay, well I guess I have to do all yeah.
1: this. <laughs> it's better than not.
2: It absolutely is. That's what I always say.
0: Where can we find your
2: music? You can find it on my website, JessJacobsWins.com. Um, there's links to my EP. There's links, I believe, to some of my older Band Without Hands stuff. And once the video is up, it'll definitely be there. I'll probably give the website an overhaul too.
0: Cool. We'll put that in the show notes so people can follow you and find you and stalk you and all that. Fun awesome. Stuff. Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate it. Cool. Uh, what advice do you have for our next generation coming up if they want to get into playback world and do all the things that you do? The meta answer that I always have for this is just say yes.
2: You know, we were, we were talking about that earlier and I yeah. just feel like that's the best way to do it because I think you can always be scared. Um, you can always fall victim to imposter syndrome, you know, stuff like this. And I think it's just important to say yes, say yes and figure it out. You know, you have to show up and do the job, yeah. but say yes. If you feel like it's within your grasp, even if you don't feel like, oh, this is something I do every day and I'm, I'm a master at this, challenge yourself, you know, um, show up for the challenge, but challenge yourself. Um, I'd say that mm-hmm. above all. And I would also say, try to get as much experience with digital tools as possible. If you can afford a DAW, um, if you can't afford a DAW, see if you can find a grant or something you can apply for online. Like, just find some way to get tools so that you can sit there and mess around with things yourself. Um, There's nothing that'll teach you how to mix better than just mixing. And, you know, and I say that for music and composition and writing too. You know, there's nothing that's going to teach you better how to do that than to just do it, even though it's kind of scary sometimes uh it's just the best way yeah
1: that's fantastic what's your go-to beverage
2: my go-to beverage um coffee and sparkling water depending on the time of day
1: that's, that's the win man that is the yeah. win it is like everybody the we've asked, it's either
0: one is, or the I, other I believe so that, yeah. that's awesome <laughs> that you're both of them sparkling coffees <laughs> yeah not together though sounds gross
2: <laughs> no no manhattan <laughs> specials for me i'm good
1: that's what I'm thinking like it sounds like a lot of people are not sharing necessarily alcoholic beverages like the predominant answers are coffee and water and uh, that's a great healthy choice I think for most of us I got my my mason jar of water it's because I had to be the hipster of it I was you gonna know? say very very <laughs> <recycled> <laughs> jar and all. it is a recycled jar of pasta sauce <laughs> yes perfect perfect I mean what else do you need Oh, I've got these little screw-on lids <laughs> that have like you have the straw through. Yeah. Are
0: they color coded? Uh, the straws are. Of course are. they are. Nice. <laughs> I love it. I'm gonna ask you my favorite question. Do you have a roadie nickname? Um, I don't. I don't have like a super cool one. Um, there can
2: be multiple Jesses on tours, and when that happens, I turn into JJ just because it's easy. Gotcha. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's solid, you know. JJ's a favorite, solid but, nickname you know, for sure. Super cool. Like, oh, like a uh, wolf or, you know, it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm
0: going to start calling you wolf now. <laughs> that's awesome. I've, I've stalked you for a while on the Sound Girls stuff. I, I love watching people on the Sound Girls pages and how they respond to other people and uh, just the encouragement that you give other people. And I think that's really cool. And, and just kind of pouring into others too and mentoring people. So thank you for doing that. And also because I'm jealous of your hair and I need to know what, what products you use because <laughs> mine doesn't ever stand up the right way. <laughs> you
2: got, you got a good mohawk going on. <laughs>
0: I, it's going on today.
2: <laughs> um, right now it's, it's just, um, I, I just woke up and took a shower mode. Um, but I'll just, i honestly, I'm kind of lazy. I'll just do like a sea salt spray and hope that it goes right. Uh, you know, turn turn the head that's upside down. That's the key, down, man. Blow dry it. <laughs> that's that's
1: what, it. That's what I do. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, it is. Sea yeah. salt yep. spray that, is the that's shit, the, That's man. the key to this hair sticking up.
1: It's really good if uh, for like setting curls too, because sometimes I'll do the like whole like roller thing in my hair, and then I use that to set them. So when they come out, when they're dry, it like kind of keeps the shape a little better. It's good stuff.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's not as like crazy as hairspray. I mean, sometimes if I want like an ultra mohawk, like I'll use like you know super heavy stuff. But
0: anything else you'd like to share with our
2: listeners, Jess? Um, anything else I'd like to share? Uh, I hope gigs come back safely for us as soon as possible but the key word in that sentence is safely um I hope that everybody's had if not a a good quarantine where they've been able to level up you know everybody's had a different experience I know it's been really depressing for a lot of us Uh, I hope that Mm -hmm. no one's beating themselves up because they didn't get enough done Uh, I, I don't think that that's important you know we're we're just supposed to survive this and so if we do we've met our goal anything else is gravy
1: yeah, this has been a great lesson for a lot of people in taking yeah. a moment and learning the stillness, and <laughs> just being able to accept totally uh, not uh, chaos. or also
2: chaos, but a different kind. <laughs> you know, yeah, uh, we've been through mm-hmm. a lot, uh, all of us collectively and some of us individually. Um, I hope that everybody's happy and and healthy, um, and yeah, just that we get back to work
0: um, soon, but not too soon. I think that's great. Like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. Like what you said too. Don't beat yourself up, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because I mean, as soon as you said it, it just like kind of hit me because I I tend to do that. Like, man, I had all this time, you know, and I have, uh, like, I I signed up for this class and that class and this thing, and I haven't been able to get to it yet because I've been hustling. Right. So like, you know, there's this thing in the back of my mind that's gnawing at me. Like, I need to get that done before I get back to work, you know? So just even you saying that was like you know what that gives me like you know it's fine if i don't get to it that's totally okay like yeah i mean i'm surviving we're doing okay you know
2: yeah this has been crazy stressful you know everybody everybody needs to just like chill on themselves and give give themselves a pass um we 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 do what we can do to get through we've never seen anything like this you know in our lifetimes so there's no reason, I think, you know, to, to let shame win because it wants to creep up and be like, oh, yeah. but look what this person got done during the pandemic. You didn't do that much. And I was like, Oh, hold on. Hold on. Yeah. I did other things. I did what I needed to do. And that's what's important.
1: Oh, man, that's thank you for that. It's the reassurance that really helps us regular people. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's regular people.
2: Everybody's regular people. We all we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
1: know. You're yeah. pretty cool. It's It's been a nice meeting you virtually. <laughs> Likewise.
0: Thank you so much, Jess, for your time and for coming on and chatting with us about all the awesome, cool things that you do. Uh, everybody go check out com and listen to her EP and give her some love. And uh, yeah, cool. We'll talk some more some other time. But thanks for coming on. Thank you all for having me. Yeah, I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening to the Sound Girls podcast. You can find out more information on the website, soundgirls.org.
2: The Sound Girls Living History Project is a collection of oral history interviews that highlights the careers and achievements of women and underrepresented groups in audio. One of the interviews is with Jesse Dodd, an ADR and Foley mixer who has over 250 credits in both TV and feature films.
0: What I've learned listening to those of you coming up is that you have no idea what's out there. You really don't know what you want to do. I just want to be in. I like to edit. Do I picture edit? Do I sound edit? What, you know, there's just all these different ways you can go and then there are things that you don't even know that exist. I want to let people know that I exist and that this exists.
1: Be sure and catch the full interview with Jesse Dodd, along with all the other Living History interviews, over on the Sound Girls website or YouTube channel.
0: If you're looking for more to listen to, here's what some of our friends in the podcasting community have in store for you. Find them all over on audiopodcast.org. Have a great week, everyone. Hey, everybody. This is Tim from Tone Bender's Sound
2: Design Podcast. We've been on an awesome run of interviewing and talking to the people behind the best sounding movies of the last year. Films like Jesus and the Black Messiah, The Trial of the Chicago Seven, Wonder Woman 1984, Nomad Land, The Sound of Metal, Mank, The Dissident, and even Tenant.
1: If you want to hear these stories and more, check them all out
2: wherever you find your podcasts or at TonebendersPodcast.com. I'm Emily, and I host Level with Emily, a podcast about audio and video games. Our newest episode features an interview with the three composers for League of Legends from Riot Games and the other games that come from League. You can find Level with Emily where you listen to your podcasts, and we're also on Patreon at patreon.com slash level.